Hi, and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Katie. I'm Mel. And we're your hosts. This week we watched Love, Simon, directed by Greg Berlanti and released in 2018. The plot of the movie goes something like this. Simon Spear keeps a huge secret from his family, his friends, and all of his classmates. He's gay. When that secret is threatened, Simon must face everyone and come to terms with his identity. Yep, and um, as we've been doing, we'll give you a little spoiler-free section that tells you whether we think you should see the movie, and then we will move on to talking about spoilers about Love, Simon. Um, I guess, I mean, I think Love, Simon is probably worth seeing, especially if you have ever come out to anybody or had somebody come out to you or anything like that. It's very much that kind of, uh, it's very much about coming out and not much else. Um, but that's kind of the focus of it. Yeah. So if that kind of thing interests you, you should go see it. I think it would be good for young people. Mm. Um, I don't know that as you get older, it's quite as, um, it works quite as well. But yes, yeah. it's full of, I enjoyed it um, insofar as it's like a fun type kind of romance. But I, I know we we're in like the most receptive audience possible for this movie, which was like very much a queer centric audience. And we there was like lots of cringing. Um, it's very much falls along romance tropes, romance novel tropes, romance movie tropes. But there's not a lot of romance in it, really. It's sorry, there's not a lot of romance in it, really. Mm. I'm finding it hard to hear today, actually. Um, yeah. So, uh, like, I, I no, but it, it very much was the. I I don't know. It felt to me like a lot of romance novels I'd I'd read. Um. Mm. So definitely. Uh, that was what I went. But I, I feel like if you are young and if you're young and queer, um, I feel like this is a bit of an essential um, yeah. for you to watch. So, yeah. yeah. And in the canon of, like, coming out movies, it's a pretty good one. Mm. <laughs> yes. Um, and, you know, it's very positive and uplifting and nobody dies at the end. It's, no. It's, it's good in all of those ways. Yeah, yeah. And um, the, the audience that we did see it with, there was lots of awkward bits, but I think there was also lots of seeing themselves yeah. and their own experience. So I think that um, I think that's an important reason to see it. Um, yeah. Okay, so shall we get into the spoiler section now? Let's do it. Yeah, I found this movie really hard to watch, um, like in the cringy kind of way. Like it, and and not just on. There were so many levels that it was cringy for me that it made it hard. So there's like, firstly, on the you know very obvious kind of. Um, secondhand embarrassment level oh god yes um, watching through my fingers for that yes like th there's some bits that are just so difficult to watch for secondhand embarrassment but then on the second level the tropes that it uses are so obvious and they do these things like that he talks about being on a ferris wheel at the beginning oh my god and then there's a scene of him just sitting on a car in front of a ferris wheel when after he comes out for no reason just so we can remember the ferris wheel for later like there's these things that are just so cringy in terms of storytelling oh the telegraphing is not so much telegraphing as like whacking a baseball bat at you yeah or like having a big flashing neon sign yeah. above its head and then also, on an acting level, I found a lot of it really hard to watch. <laughs> like, a lot of the performances are not great. No. Um, we know Greg Berlanti because he's the TV showrunner. Um, mm. He does all the all the DC Universe shows on the CW, and all of which I have since given up on as well because I find them hard to watch. And it felt a bit like that, a bit yeah, TV. A bit TV, yeah. A bit like... We couldn't necessarily get the best actors, but these are people I like, so I want to include them in my movie. Yes. Um, and yeah. also, I mean, Greg Belanti also directed a movie called Broken Hearts Club, 
which is um, a gay movie from, I think, the late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. Which is um, more about, like, a guy coming out and then um, being accepted into, like, the queer community, mm. which does have a death in it, but is still a pretty uplifting movie, like mm. one of the very few kind of from that era yeah. that's quite positive and uplifting. And I like that movie. And I didn't find a lot of the problems I found here, although it does have a lot of TV actors as well. Mm. Um, and, like, some of them are good. Jennifer Garner is fantastic. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, Jennifer Garner and Alexandra Ship are above everybody else in this movie. Like, Alexandra Ship does the easily the best job of the young people. Yes. She's so kind of bubbly and effervescent and you understand why everybody likes her. Yeah, she's great. Um, Catherine Langford is okay, but her character's a bit wishy-washy, which mm. is the friend um, who likes him yeah. with the 90, whole 90s thing going on. Yeah. Um, the me friend. Um, yeah, but the rest of the young cast were not very good. The lead kind of tries. Yeah. I mean, He's giving it a good, good go, but it's just he never really sells it to me. Yeah. Um, and also <laughs> – they have him dance and move, and he's not a good dancer. No. Um, which is kind of it, – it's a bit – he's – which I get maybe he was cast for his awkwardness, but he's extremely awkward. I found him reasonably charming. Like, he was kind of fun um, in But even some... the, the thing is, with the exception with the act of the dancing, for me, his awkwardness even was a bit forced. Mm. Like, the dancing definitely was awkward all on his own. Boy. But um, but even – like, he, it seemed like he was the kind of kid who actually – did just fi- have it easy in school yeah and was just performing this awkwardness yeah like it just didn't feel real but that kind of was the whole feeling of the movie to me yeah. that it never quite felt real it was just it's too light there's not a lot of like real heartfelt emotions in it apart from that jennifer garner scene it's mm. just kind of just surface level well c- yeah because he doesn't like Yes. I mean, his his parents are amazing and his friends are great and they work out their problem. And like the guy who betrays him is awful and we understand why he's awful, but that gets worked out. Too. Like it's all very easy. Yeah, it's very, very easy. easy. And even with the, the parents, like the dad does what he does through the rest of the movie and jokes about him being gay and then is, needs to go off and deal with it. But then they have a cute scene where they, the dad in his awkward way is like un, under, comes to an understanding. It just It's so... The, easy. The casting of Josh Dumal as the dad is one of my biggest problems with the movie. Because if he was somebody that could deliver real heavy, heartfelt emotions, that scene would have been amazing. As it is, he can't. And that scene was just kind of awkward again. And like, so I didn't actually have a problem with that scene. I, I thought it was. Fine. I did. I don't. I just. I think he's so um, not. I thought he was a bit very good. Yeah, like he compared to Jennifer Garner. Obviously, he's not. Um, and and I found him a bit hard to take in the other scenes because yeah. they were I, they had a cute character for him, isn't that he was like the kind of jokey knockabout dad mm. um, who you know he's very suburban. He's like this is what happens when the quarterback grows up and has a kid and stuff. And he he kind of doesn't have a light enough touch to carry that off, and so the jokiness comes across as just mean. Yes, exactly. This is the thing. I think I for most of the movie I was like, gee, it would be great if Kyle Chandler was playing this role <laughs> or, or Ron Livingston, either one of those two guys mm. who both have that kind of jockiness to them but are also really great actors mm. and who could have sold both of those things with much more aplomb than Josh Dumel has at all. Like, yeah, yeah. It, he just doesn't have that ability to make that character likable. No, no. 
Um, whereas well, Jennifer Garner was really killing it. She was great. Mm, yes, she was. And she has her big speech moment and it's just lovely. And that is actually handled with quite a light touch. Like it's mm. it's emotionally powerful, but she doesn't like hammer it home too much. Well, so it's not melodramatic. Yeah, the, I think the thing they were going for with Josh Dumal was Stanley Tucci and Easy A. The pan- oh, those. well, no. He's <laughs> yeah, but that's what I'm saying though because – at the beginning, you've got lots of like fun stuff with the parents kind of mm-hmm. tease their children and she's obviously a psychologist and so she tries to really open in the home about talking about sex and relationships and life and she's able to handle that quite well. She's sort of able to yeah. do that like jokiness with them but also they, they know that they've got a safe place with her. But um, Josh Dumal is no Stanley Tucci and he cannot carry that off but Stanley Tucci carries that stuff off beautifully yes. and easy A. Yeah, but he's Stanley Tucci. That's what I mean. Like, it, this movie just needed some more heavy hitters. It needed more people to mm, be able to... A few more to... adults to carry the weight a bit more. Yeah, exactly. And But there are also... I mean, we went and saw Lady Bird, has, which has, like, the best young cast. Mm. Like, and the whole movie is lifted by that young cast. In this, it seems like half the time they didn't really try. Well, and Lady Bird wasn't exactly a high-budget piece. Like, it was shot with not a lot of money mm. those actors are amazing but none of them were like would have cost a heap and they the um and laurie metcalf's a tv actress and you know like it was amazing they were really yes. good actors um but yeah it's it's actually this is a problem like greg belanti's tv also there's a bit of this like where you just he gets people and he likes them and he casts them and he just doesn't it's not quite as strong as it could be well, here's the thing. I actually like most of the cast of his TV shows, but I like them from – I mean, for one thing, there's a million Broadway people on yeah, his, you know his TV shows. Yeah, but you know what? There was a crossover musical episode, and that's when I gave up on Greg Belanti's TV yeah, shows. That, it was so it bad. It was so bad. And this I is, had to I've, – I've not watched one since. That makes me so angry because it's so obvious they put no time and effort into that, and they just went, our stars can sing, so we'll just let this them sing. This is what sing. I'm saying. But, he doesn't put time and effort. Like, and I know TV runs ha- quickly, and he's got five shows on the air, but – like, yeah, I it, it was very much like we've only got, you know, three months to shoot this. We've only, we don't have any rehearsal time. We don't have time. And it was just like cobbled together and let's go with what we've got. Yes. And that, yeah, and all of the great musical episodes of TV were oh, big. Oh, I mean this movie, but yes. Um, yeah, no, I'm, yeah. But all of the great episode, musical episodes of TV have had all this time put into them. You know, they've, they've been writing songs for a year and they've been, and he shipped out the writing of the songs to be done very quickly. And, like, you know, they, they have a lot of rehearsal time and they teach the stars how to, like, sing and dance at least well enough to be able to manage the and, – and this is all the things that went wrong can, with this movie. Yeah, and you can be an incredibly talented singer and still not be able to, like, properly do a song for TV that you only learned that week. Yeah, yeah. Or the <laughs> choreography. Just, I, no, I, I get it. It was just so bad I've not gone back. Yeah. But it just made me really sad because had, they had such a great opportunity because they had – I'm aware. And they didn't even get Jeremy Jordan to sing. Yeah, I'm yeah. aware. And, and the, the all of these problems that we see in the TV shows where, like, there's just there's a bit of slapdashness about it mm. all come into this movie. Yeah, this movie also has a problem where, like, it feels like a lot of the actors are in different movies. Like, Tony Hale is oh in a completely God. other thing. Yeah. I think that with that they were going for, like, Alice and Janney in Ten Things. Yeah. But Alice and Janney in Ten Things is funny. Well, because she walks a line, right, Yeah, of being – we talk about unprofessional teachers all the time and this is one of the worst offenders I've seen. Yes, it as made far me as furious. unprofessional teachers go. And the reason the Alice and Danny Danny character works is she walks the line of unprofessionalism. Right. Like it, it should be unprofessional, but she's actually not being unprofessional and it you kind of 
She is. But at the same time, she's being unprofessional. Like the the thing that she is, she's doing the romance novels, right? Yeah, yeah, writing in her, and doesn't really care much about the children. She's supposed to be guidance counselling. Right. But the thing is like, that isn't, that isn't her like, being unprofessional to the kids. She's not telling the kids she's horrible being, No, things. that's what I'm saying. She's, she's, yeah. Whereas her T- Tony Hale is being completely inappropriate. Like one of the first things he does is tell Simon about his Tinder dates. Yes, exactly. And just like that's icky because it's not just like and they were going for a joke there but it just that seems that's not a joke that's icky. And 10 Things has that bar- balanced out with um, – the guy from Galaxy Quest, who's the teacher, who's mm. a really, really, who's actually a really good teacher, Daryl Chill Williams. Daryl Chill, I knew it was Daryl something, and I couldn't remember the rest of it. But like, he can be sassy and be a good teacher, whereas the sassy teacher in this one is again really inappropriate. She, yeah, she just oversteps all the boundaries. Like, um, in the musical rehearsal, where like it starts off being that cool, like cool thing that you do, you know teachers have to do all the time with going. Well, that was that was a, a start. Let's try mm-hmm. that again. You know that mm. sort of thing, and really quickly descends into like personal attacks. Yeah. And then when those kids are horrible to Simon in the lunchroom, she like yells at them that they're something virgins and yeah, and like completely over the line and also icky. Yeah. And like the joke about oh I'm going to get my tubes tied, also just icky. It's too far. It's way too far, and it's not. Yeah. It's it's just it's so like every teacher in this movie would be fired in every scene that they're in. Mm. If anybody found out about what they were saying and doing, they would be fired. Even when Tony Hale gets the guys who were bullying, and we'll talk about oh, this other stuff. They have problems with me, but when they when he gets them into their into the office, he tells them to say sorry, and then there's no follow up to that. Mm. There's he just devolves into jokes again. And that was supposed to be like the moment when, you know, this was supposed to be an important moment for both Simon and Ethan, a character who is really, really hard done by in this movie. Um, But it's just like, it's so cheap. It's so cheap. And it just devolves into silly jokes because it's almost like this movie can't handle the the harder emotional stuff. Mm. It can't handle having to have some sort of hard discussion. So it just makes a joke and brushes it off. But if you're going to have one like comedian improv teacher like you need to have one straight person teacher like straight mm. man teacher so you would i you would i would personally make the the funny teacher the drama teacher and then you know replace tony hale or maybe do it the other way around but you one of them has to be playing the straight man but even if they're not playing the straight man they can't make jokes about tinder mm. not just, in front of you teenagers that's not appropriate and they take their phone for a month it's crazy they, for a month. Yeah, he, ta- he but they he take their phones and they're like, oh, you can get it back at the end of term. No, he says you can get it back at the end of the day. No, there are other times when people take their phones and say they get, can get them back at the end of term. I saw it, heard it oh, happen several times. That. I didn't see that. I just saw the one where he, he was like, he'd get it back at the end of the that's day. That's what he says to Simon, but he takes them off other people in the hallways mm. and goes, you can get it back at the end of term and things like that. And you're like, you definitely wouldn't be able to do that. But anyway, I, I don't know. I didn't go to school in an era where there were phones, but I did once get my Walkman confiscated until the end of term. So that's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, but phones are significantly different to that. Parents would have a fit if you took a teenager's phone away for a term. Ugh. Like, because that's... It's dangerous, how, yeah, among <laughs> other things. That's how they keep in touch with them. Yeah. Um. So I, I just don't see that being very likely. Yeah, again, it's just kind of like hastily, let's put a joke in here in the moment and don't have any thinking about the consequences of what's going on yeah 
Um, and, the, and the thing is because the, the rest of the movie is not like that, so that doesn't work. Mm. Yeah, because there's actually like the when the teenagers are among themselves, they're actually quite good together, like the little group of four of them. What? Why are you making that face? I don't agree with you that much on that front. When they're amongst themselves, I mean, it's it's just so, yeah, shallow. And, like, I just kind of forgot about a lot of that stuff. It was just really hard for me to watch. I just got really bored in a lot of that stuff too. I kind of like the bit where they all um, go to that party and, like, they're sort of – they're getting ready together and it's really awkward and they are all kind of, like, they're not really sure what's going on and it's that sort of feeling of – feeling really out of place and not really knowing what's going on or why you're at this party or who or, or who you are. That's very a very teenage sort of feeling. I thought that created that feeling quite well. Right. Okay. So you're talking about once the, the other guy comes in as a source of conflict. Yes. Yeah. Because when there's no – when he's not in there as a source of conflict, it's like – they just don't act like teenagers or talk like teenagers. No. You know, the the references that they're making and all oh that sort God. of stuff. Oh, my God. are so out of date. <laughs> and, like, and, and even, like, the my life is so normal. And then, like, my, my I just have a normal life in the suburbs. And it's, like, his parents giving him a car for his 17th birthday. That's very, very, very common in the States, though. I mean, it is a, a secondhand old car. It's not, like, a new car. But it was, like... I'm really normal. Also, my parents can afford to give me a car when I turn 17. Like, come on. Yeah. But again, that's really, really like people. And it's not always an expensive one, but it's it's definitely a, a much more common rite of passage than it is here. Yeah. I did, um, it, it felt really weird with also the way that voiceover, like, because that's his first sort of email. Like the fact that that repeated so soon after was like, I know, I hated that. We didn't need that. to do that. That could put it in one place and that. Having it over the opening was unnecessary. It would yep. have been much better just to have he gets the car, you see how cute his parents are, you see how cute his sister is, and then you see him with his friends. And they do, and it's it's really annoying. Yeah, really annoying. The double exposition is really irritating mm. and really unnecessary. And they do that a lot. Mm. Um, oh, that's right. The cringiest moment in the whole movie when um, the annoying magician is Aww. sitting in the cafeteria and he's like, you know, when they're black and Jewish, they call them bluish. And you're like, Oh my god, because that's just it. Just literally, I mean, we all knew who the who the romantic oh gut lead was and who Blue mm. was at the beginning, but that's just like giant neon sign again, like just you oh know, god. right in your face. Blue is obviously black and Jewish. Yeah, I know, and it was oh. just like, oh god, he was not a good actor. That kid either, like, no, not he, a good actor. The, everything about that character, but the the thing is, everything about that character was really really difficult um the actor wasn't very good he and and he did provide a source of conflict for the group that made it more interesting Mm. but at the same time he was so irritating that it's just like you don't get much out of it and he showed up for the party wearing this awesome costume Mm. the freudian slip was great it's really funny and clever and they all act like it's the dumbest thing that's ever happened yeah yeah and then simon's like really tease him about wearing a dress right simon's like guys you guys you're like oh yes we're a really lgbt friendly you're not no well they're they're not supposed to be a very lgbt friendly community like that movie i mean i know as a movie that's not like cool thing to do yes but this is and that's the thing this movie has this whole thing of femphobia in it like Mm. ethan is is more kind of a butt of a joke yeah like even though he wins with sassy quips and things he's still really a the butt of the joke like the Mm. the 
non-Simon gay. Yeah. Like, Simon's not going to be one of those yeah, gays. Yeah, I, yeah, you know, I'm. He's not that flamboyant. He just wears tight t-shirts, kind of. Yeah, it's yeah, exactly. Awful. And that kind of thing was really, really icky. Yeah, um, it was. It, it, it just. I know it's trying to normalize um, homosexuality and normalize coming out, but the problem is you you shouldn't have normal as opposed to this. It's actually interesting because we were just talking about this with the episode of Queer Eye yeah. that just with the um, gay guy who's got to come out to his stepmother. And he has that same internalized femphobia, like, oh, gay guys are all flamboyant and they get their hair done and they have sassy quips and they have – and, like, because it's only a half-hour show and they don't have time, they, they don't make it a teachable moment and be like, there's a whole variety of people and it's okay to be feminine and blah, blah, blah. But they don't and, do it yeah. anyway. It's not just because they don't have time. They no, specifically I'm sorry. In the, to, yeah. yeah. They don't do it in the Queer Eye episode. In the Queer Eye episode, though, I think lots get cut out in those episodes, which make it hard. But, um, but in this as well, they just don't – make that like that that's a teachable moment that's like you know he, he literally googles at one point how to dress like a gay guy and the point is is that there are a million ways to dress like a gay yes. guy because there's you know a million and one different types of gay you know yeah and um that could have been more of a teachable moment yeah like you don't have to be a good dancer or you know whatever but you there it's okay to be that as well yeah um and and trying to uh, decode my notes a little bit. Oh, right. Yes. I you did write really... femphobia. So you, well, that's right. I was going to do that in this episode. You were quite drunk in this movie. <laughs> um, we There was free booze at this screening <laughs> that we went to um, and you made notes and, and they do sound kind of interesting. Oh, yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot of stuff in there that I can't quite understand. But there are some things, like I don't know what Cantonese fucking really is about. I don't know. I don't remember. I know. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember what that is in relation to, um, but there are some things in here that um, that I think are interesting. That, but it goes back to a lot of it goes back to like the lack of understanding of real high schools. Yeah, um, like that they do cabaret mm. in high school. Oh my god, yes, the the musical. How could you possibly do cabaret in high school? No, you can't. Like it's not. You'd have to cut out most of the play mm. for it to be playable in high school. Like, it's just so not no. something that you could do. But this is the thing. Like, Greg Belanti hasn't been in high school for 20 years, but he's been making them on TV for all of that time. So he thinks he understands them. Well, but no, none of his shows are set in high schools. No, they're not, are they? They're just all made for teenagers. Yeah. Um, and and the fact that like it doesn't the movie doesn't know what teenagers look like, which is like four of my notes. It's like these teens are too hot. Yeah, <laughs> Hollywood doesn't know what teens look like and things like that. Like it, the way that they and there's a weird comment as well from Simon where he's like, "Girls don't like to read your clothes," and I'm like, "What are you talking about?" Well, yeah, that's part of that whole that whole bit with that costume, which and is a hilarious costume. Um, no, it, it's later though. He has all these t-shirts and he's like, "Girls don't like to read your clothes." Oh yeah, but I mean. Well, there is that sort of like um, not like you're old enough to grow out of graphic tees kind of thing, I guess, like dress like a grown-up. But he's 17. That's – he's 17. Also, like that. there's a lot of other things that like 
oh, that means that girls don't wear T-shirts that have it's, slogans it's a bit on them, of which is not true because Alexandra Ship is wearing a Coca-Cola T-shirt for the first whole scene that she's in, which is just product placement. It's a bit of a – I think it's nerd shaming. It is honest. nerd shaming. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. It's not about the fact that the T's have words on them. It's that it's, he doesn't want to be a nerd and he doesn't want to be a femme gay. He's like, yeah. we've got this really narrow idea of who he wants to be. Or like, or what's acceptable. Mm. And the thing is also, it, 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 it that's not picking a lane on what they think gay guys are. Because they're like, oh, gay guys know what girls like. But also he's not like other. And you're like, well, just make your choice then, please. Yeah, yeah. Like you can't have it both ways. Mm. How does he possibly know what girls like? Indeed. They, they're just like, well, definitely he can come in and queer eye this guy. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's, it's just weird. Also... <laughs> Okay, so then um, when he finally does come out mm. um, or is forced out, which that scene was really good. That was a really great scene when he's like, I'm supposed to be able to choose this. Mm. That was, I think, the most powerful emotional scene that that kid had in the whole movie. Yes. Um, and and I, was, I liked that a lot. But um, then all of his friends get mad at him. Oh, my God. And they're mad at him for, like, he, he has this choice of, like, doing these things to stay in the closet or being forcibly out yeah. he's in between a rock and a hard place and none of them and the are movie punishes him for lying him. i know and not coming out there and the thing is and they're all mad at him for lying there's not one of them who's like oh wow i can understand how that would have been a really tough situation to be in and of like of course like and the audience at least i was like that's a really tough situation and yeah. he's explained it really clearly and obviously to them so and also they know this guy this guy is a skis like the guy who's done yeah. this is an awful person and they react it's a really weird reaction i thought that too i was like this is this is not how i would have reacted or expected people to react yes exactly and but it, it's almost like yeah it seems like the movie is punishing him for lying mm. and you're like but there's a lot of like situ- lying is worse than than trying to deal with being forcibly outed against your will right but like forcible um, outing someone without their consent is one of the worst things you can do in LGBT, like in queer community, right? It's re- it's a massive taboo and it's a really not a thing you do. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 the kid who did it, he's the villain. He's a jerk. Right. I, yeah. And, um, that's, but that's, and that's why he makes an excellent, that's, that's why he's the villain, right? right because yeah. that's one of the worst sins you can commit is to out someone without their consent. And so why then would a movie like written and directed by a gay man then take that approach with it well it's based on a book i assume that's what happens in the book um but um yeah it is really like it's it's just so strange to see the movie punish him for and and it's a really negative message because there's a lot of people who can't come out because they actually have legitimate fears of what will happen to them and this movie is like come out anyway you'll be swell which i mean it's really sure if your parents are jennifer garner and chuckles fine but it don't it it really is like oh yes of course it'll be okay and it's um it's really nice that there's a movie like this that exists it's really nice the movie is nice um but it is it's really nice that there's a movie that's positive and lgbt friendly and you know it has this really positive message about ending and a happy ending and he gets the expressionless boy that he wants um and like you know it's it's nice yeah it's nice. And there are these moments that are kind of, uh, they feel new, 
because they haven't been done well in movies before. Mm. Um, of, like when he comes out to Alexandra Ship in the car, which was also a really good moment. Yeah. And things like that that are quite good. Um, or like having <laughs> coming out to somebody and them going, oh, am I supposed to act surprised and things like Same that. Same scene, yeah. Um, yeah. That, that sort of stuff like is relatable. Mm. And so it just feels like that those relatable moments deserved a better movie to carry them. Mm. Yeah. Um, this, I mean, the tagline for this movie is everybody deserves a good romance story mm. or something romance. And I was like, yes, they, they do. do. This isn't one. Yeah. They deserve a really good one. And what they got was one that seems rushed into production and, and just not done as well as it could be done. Yes. If I were a queer teen, I'd much rather be watching um, – Call Me By Your Name, which is beautiful. It is, but it's not positive. No, there's no it's That's not. the problem is that there's... there's there are, and somebody or... Yeah, I know. It's, they always end sadly and this one finally doesn't. Yeah, and that, this is the issue. And then somebody I saw recently was saying that um, now they need one for like queer girls because queer girl movies, while they haven't traditionally been quite as everybody dies as, you mm. know, gay men movies, they... Um, do tend to be like a bisexual girl who cheats on her boyfriend or husband to be with the other girl. And, yeah. and you know, she's living a normal life with a boyfriend or husband and some like crazy lesbian comes yeah. in and changes her world and all that sort of stuff that's still full of negative stereotypes. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so this movie is just very, you know, positive about stuff. Which is And nice. it probably, and it is necessary for a lot of people. Like it is, you know, there's been a lot of talk of, oh, is this necessary in 2018? But, yeah, there's a lot of people who are in small towns and things like that oh, yeah. who need this. And a lot more accessible. This is a lot more accessible to high school students than Call Me By Your Name is. Right. Um, but, like, again, that, Call Me By Your Name is not about this and it's no, not relatable it's, in that way. Well, it's relatable in the sense of falling in love for the first time. Yes. But, but it is, it's very arty and it might not come to small towns where this is – much more likely to come to small towns and Netflix and you'll be able to see it or, and you can what if you're not in a safe space to come out, you can watch it without your parents knowing and all that kind of thing. Um, mm. And that is important, just the, the sheer representation of it. But, yeah, there, there are – it could be done better, much better. Yeah. Yeah, there's – and there's – it's just not very – You're trying to scroll through your four wine I, stick I, notes. Yeah. Um. I think I said most of the things that I understand in this. I wrote music choices on the nose, but after the movie we saw today. Um, <laughs> um, and I also wrote that I am better at Christmas music, but that's not very helpful either. Oh, that was because... Um, he was like, you have to have the Jackson 5. Um, what, yeah, it was some re weird Christmas song I, I was not familiar with, and it was not a good one. I was familiar with it, but I was like, why that one? There's so many great Christmas songs. And so I was like, yeah, that's got nothing to do with it. I also wrote Out of Focus. Um, Which it probably was at some point. Yes, it was at many points. Um, also, I, I wrote, um, I thought it was funny when they did the the scene in the diner. and Oh, God. Yeah. And the close-up magician guy was like, you deserve a superhero. And I'm like, haha, it's funny because she is one, but nobody else in the cinema laughed. Nobody else. She in, everyone Storm. else in the cinema has given up watching Greg Valanti shows, let's be real. No, she played Storm in the X-Men movies. Oh, did she? Right. She was in the... Um, the one with Oscar mm. Isaac in Apocalypse. She was Storm. Right, right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's why it was funny to me. Nobody else realised no, everybody that. everybody else had forgotten that. Um, 
Yeah, but that that scene was that actually that scene actually was kind of funny because it was doing the whole like theater kids go to the diner and make fools of, make spectacles of themselves and everybody claps thing and it was and obviously they turned around and the whole diner is like what are you weirdos doing? Well, I thought it was more taking taking shots at YA tropes like in Faulty Now Stars when they're in the um Anne Frank Museum and everybody claps for them and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I yeah. definitely that was actually quite a well conceived scene, I thought. <laughs> yeah, that was well, it's also taking shots at other YA books, but mm. it's also quite funny and yes. it works quite yeah. well. And yeah, it is quite a good scene. In fact, that's the stuff that that kid is best at. Mm. Um, like when he's trying to be but the thing is he's not sympathetic enough to pull off any of the other things. No, he, but but yeah, as like a, I don't know that kid. His name is Logan Miller. Um, but I I feel he like he looks he's, like a Logan Miller. He really does. <laughs> I do feel like he might be a comedian or an improv guy. Ah, Logan makes videos on YouTube. Yep. Yep. He definitely that makes does. Sense. Um I I got the vibe of yeah, like a comedy guy. Uh and that is precisely what it is. Like he's good at getting up making a big fool of himself, mm. but not so good at, at the more intimate difficult stuff. Yeah. Yeah, this movie really did want to be 10 things about, I hate about you, didn't it? I'm just remembering more and more stuff. Like um, he oh, he pledges her. Yeah, yeah. Then he doesn't sing. But he doesn't you know sing, I mean. but he he you know it's in the football yeah, yeah. stadium and he grabs the mic in front of everybody and yeah. that that yeah. There's quite a few. Th- it 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 just wants to be other movies. Like it's mm. cribbing from them without being really good references to them. No. Um, Spider-Man: Homecoming had a lot of references to um other movies, but they were more references rather than like really kind of just taking from them yeah um yes and it kind of it took from 10 things i hate about you without having any of the original sort of heart or talent mm. involved talent definitely <laughs> not the talent um yeah because there were some good people in that movie there were. um not that i mean there were a couple in this but just it's and it's very kind of episodic like as he goes through all the different people who he thinks is blue and Mm-mm. all that sort of stuff and it's so obvious that it's still the first guy I was really kind of hoping that it would be one of the girls. <laughs> like a couple of times yeah. it seemed like it might be one of them. And I was like, oh, I hope it's her because that would break down stereotypes about what they think. Although, and then we could have a happy ending for both of them. They could both end up with their loves. Um, although, um, um, as Jamie pointed out, there is a bit of it at the beginning about doing typically masculine things. I was like, you know, they never actually refer to themselves as being male. But they do refer to themselves as doing stereotypically masculine things. In oh, the going fishing with dad and yeah. yeah, that's right. So yeah, I was talking about um, Josh Jamal and, and um, the Simon there because that there is a lot of that. Like his dad's often like, "Come and help me get up on the roof and do this." So we need to build this. So yeah, that's very stereotypically male. Um, yeah, while the girl cooks, mm. Mm. <laughs> it's all quite. And that's the thing. The movie's very kind of neatly divided down gender lines. Mm. And the only person who breaks the – people who break those are either minor side characters who are do not get enough credit. I would rather watch a whole movie about Ethan, Oh, my honestly. God, please He's can so we great. have an Ethan movie? He's wonderful. Um, and also that kid, like, the, just how hurt he looked when – the when he was being bullied and things like that is is more than half the cast does mm. um yeah the, well the kid playing ethan is a really good actor yeah and there's belly in it um but um what was i gonna say i don't know i got derailed by thinking about a movie about ethan <laughs> um or or he's the the nerdy guy who dresses in a dress like mm. it, it, it everybody else is very like 
stays in their lane. Yes. And the movie kind of celebrates staying in your lane and coming out. Yeah, pretty much. But anyway, I don't know what else we can talk about. Is, are we oh, done? We, we, we're done. Good. We can we can rate this movie and move on to the next two movies we have to review. Yeah. I just, I, I did like that they were nice parents, but I don't like the uh, the secondary love triangle I found very boring. Which or, one was that? Oh, yeah, that was oh, that was painful. Yeah, when the the one girl he thinks likes the guy and then the guy likes the other girl and then they end up together in the end anyway, the girl who didn't really like the guy. Mm. And, and, like, that's just – oh, no, wait. So, yeah. No, Alexander Ship ends up with the that's other right. friend. He ends up – and then the other girl is just a fifth wheel along for the ride. Yeah. It's the story of my life. Yeah, but she's cool. I liked her in her little 90s outfits. Yeah, I feel like that actress – I've seen her name before and I feel like she could be quite good. It's Catherine Langford. That's it, yes. I feel like she could be quite good but she was hampered by a role that wasn't very good. No, no, she was – it was um, pretty thankless. Also, the movie frames things weird. Like it doesn't make a lot of sense for her to do the things that she does while having a crush on Simon. Mm. It makes a lot more sense for him to do those things with a crush on the other guy but not on Simon. Yeah. It's strange. Like, why does then she get jealous of the other guy hanging out or wanting to be around Alexandra Ship? Mm. What sense does that make? It only yeah. makes sense if you're going to do a twist. Yeah. So, anyway. Anyway, um, yeah. So, um, we should give this a rating. Mm. Oh, it's because someone would have to give a fake name somewhere and you were oh, like... right. The Jacques thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you probably thought you were funny. Well, yes. I, well, I thought... No, I think I just... It was a reference. Yes. It seemed like he was looking around Almost, the room trying to find... Yeah. yeah. Certainly <laughs> going to be a reference. Um, yes. Yes. Okay. So, um, I, don't, I, I think I would want to give this like two and a half stars. Because it's not great, but I'm glad it's there. Yeah, and this is why I'm I'm wavering on the fence between two and a half and three. Because I also it's not great, but I'm really glad it's there. And mm. it was like silly enough. Like I was diverted enough and it was silly and funny. And I had a good time watching it. I mean, I don't know how much of that was like being among friends and mm, yeah. among community. Like it would have been, might have been different if you're just within a mainstream audience yeah it was really fun to be in that audience to watch it um so that was nice but yeah so i think i'll, I'll probably land on a three but like it's a very generous three it probably doesn't deserve the three that i'm giving it but i kind of want to be a bit generous with it yeah i was sort of wavering on that as well and then i was like no it doesn't really deserve it um and you seem to like it less than me as well you were like actively I disappointed hard. i was yeah that's the other thing i was really going into this thinking i would love it mm. like i was really looking forward to enjoying it yeah and, and i found people, it so hard to watch all these people that we love like in the states of you know setting up small town screenings mm. of this movie and like yeah Superfruit did one giving back into the the queer community and stuff and i just kind of hoped it would be a movie that deserves all that and a lot of them really love it. And, like, that's the thing is that I don't know if I'm the right person to be judging this movie because I'm not getting out of it the things that other people are getting out of it. So but we also went with friends who were, like, gay men who didn't love it that way. True, but some of them still really appreciated it more than I than, did. Than we did, Because yeah. it's, it is that kind of – it connects a lot more. But it's just, it seems it's, very true to – it's probably also given – I don't know how old Greg Belanti is, but I would guess he's like our age or maybe a few years older. Um, he, it probably and probably rings true to the like 
gay male experience of the late 90s going through high school. I suspect there's a bit of that as well um, in there. But, yeah. Anyway, uh, thank you very much. uh, 10 years older than me. Okay, so he's a little older than us. Yeah. Um, But still, like that 80s, 90s era of high school. uh, Definitely, I reckon, reflects that. Okay, well, uh, thank you very much for listening to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. If you would like to find show notes or old episodes, they're on our website, silverscreenqueens.com. If you want to find us on social media, we're at screen underscore queens on Twitter, facebook.com forward slash silverscreenqueens, and tumblr.silverscreenqueens.com on Tumblr. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.